Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, good afternoon to you. You are just in time for the call. So in this program, we do it every day, Monday to Friday. We get you to tell us the companies you'd like our expert guests to review. We can fit 10 in, plus the stock of the day over the course of an hour. And you can watch this live, you can watch it on demand, or you can listen to the podcast, which I'm sure many of you are. And I'm very pleased to say here with me for the full hour, Rudy Philippeck van Dyke from FN Arena and Philip Pepe from Sean Partners. You're, you guys are sort of becoming a little bit of a dream team here, I've got to say. <laughs> the are in. I bet you, you say that every day of the week with the other guests as well. <laughs> well, anyways, let's move on from that. All right, guys, um, I'm not gonna chew up time. We've got BAPCOR. We have GUD Holdings, we have Qantas, we have PWR Holdings, and we have Seek. Interesting, okay, but the stock of the day is, drumroll, Rudy Technology One. So the company today posted a 16% rise to its profit after tax to almost $130 million for FY23. Revenue was up almost 17% to almost $430 million. Company expects margin growth to return in fiscal 24, with margins for the group expected to improve to 35% in the coming years. Annual recurring revenue growth is on track to meet its $500 million ARR target by 2025. Technology One also announced a special dividend of three cents per share. Total dividend is at 19.5 cents per share. Let's check in with this share price so far today, down by 2%. So I've got a bit of egg on my face because I thought there would be a more positive reaction to that result. It was 16% ahead of uh, profit guidance. So Rudy, first of all... To support your view, by the way, it, and it, it, uh, it first went up by 2%. Did it? Okay. And it has been yo-yoing between mm -hmm. negative and positive. Okay, why? Because was it a quality report in your view? I think it was anticipated. Yeah. If you follow the stock, I mean, they pulled forward their, their long-term target from 26 to 25. Uh, I mean, I don't think I've, I've seen too many analyst reports that were not expecting that to happen anyway. Um, so that target by 26, I've seen some numbers of 700 million instead of the 500. Uh, gives you an impression from, of, of how strong these guys are growing. Yeah. It's all about short term, long term, of course. Um, usually, and I see that the, the historical pattern has repeated, usually the, this chap has rallies very hard into the result people realize, oh, these guys are about to report and it will be a cracking result. And I think today we basically see the, the, the confirmation. It has been a cracking result, but people are now looking backwards and go like, oh, we made a lot of profits on this one. Uh, maybe time to take profits. And I think that's the mystery of the share market always. You can come out with a very bad result, share price can rally. You can come out with a cracking result and the share price yo-yoed uh, between positive and negative. And in this case, uh, it's at the moment it's negative. But you can see that longer term chart, right? So you think that it was just priced for perfection. It was priced, uh, you know, all the good news was sort of priced. No, in. no, I don't think so. I think it's, it's very simple. It has rallied very hard. Uh, and we underestimate on that, on that chart how much it is, but I think that's easily 15 to 20%. 
uh, which is a lot in, in, in the, in the run-up to something that's about to happen. So I think it's just simply profit-taking. I mean, those who uh, went into stock have done well. Um, for, for those who are not in the stock, um, well, obviously, keep your fingers crossed that it pulls back more. Uh, this is a company that doubles every five years. It's about, from memory, four billion something market cap. So in five years' time, it'll be, it'll be eight billion market cap. Your decision, whether you're on board or not. Value investors will never understand this stock. Um, lesson number one for investors also is don't ever look at the PE ratio in, in isolation. Uh, but on the other end, <coughs> probably the, the, the best quote stock we have on the share market. And that, that says a lot. <laughs> yeah, you said and that before. That yeah. says a lot. Right? So the question being today, mm. is a 2% pullback enough mm. to get you to buy not technology? Enough. Not enough. It has, it has gone up so hard. But if, of course, if you own it, you, you, you keep it, I think. Um, I, bought, I bought more shares in a pullback. So I'm, I'm smiling anyway when I wake up in the morning. And I think you you have to have a longer term view, and you just the share market does what the share market does. And um, while some stocks, I mean, I still remember not that long ago when nobody wanted to buy the technology one. It was all the reasons that you can think of: too expensive, growth is going to slow down. They had uh, some court cases, one with a customer in Queensland, one with an ex uh, divisional manager, and a few years later, I, I remember when it was ten dollars. It was expensive. 16 and going okay so that is a hold from rudy for one of his favorite companies on the Aussie yeah, stock exchange yeah. guilty TV. guilty as charged <laughs> yeah i'm proud of it um what can you tell us about the quality of the result that came through what it indicates about its future prospects look it was solid i mean revenue looked to be about a three percent beat head of consensus profit up 16 percent. i think that was a small beat cash conversion very strong 116% versus 105% in FY22. They pulled forward their revenue target uh, from FY26 to FY25, where they're targeting annual recurring revenue of 500 mil. And they reiterated they're expecting to double every five years. So that's a billion dollars in five years after that. I think all of this was anticipated. And a month ago, we spoke about this very issue yeah. about analysts upgrading into the result. And you're sure this, you've seen the share price up about 15% in the last month. I think people are expecting a good result and got it. Yeah. Therefore, some profit taking. Last week, a lot of agricultural stocks reported where people mm. were expecting a terrible result. Results were down, but not as bad as first thought. So share prices prices. were up five to 20%. We call that a knee-jerk reaction, don't we? Knee-jerk reaction. So I think it's about what's what's Mm. priced in by the market. This is still a market darling, I would call it. 39 times PE, FY24, coming into this Mm. result, 16% growth. It is not cheap. It will never look cheap. It is a great bottom draw stock. I think everyone anticipated this. We now turn to the next five years as we should. Can they beat consensus forecasts? I think stock goes sideways um, until we work that out. Stock is a genuine hold. If you've owned it, bottom drawer, don't worry about the share price, don't worry about the PE. It always looks expensive, uh, but I would yeah. not buy it after today's anticipated result. And the, and the margin going to 35% means higher profits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's really that simple. Okay. So there you go. There's TNE. That is the stock of the day. Let's get to the companies that have been nominated by you, our valuable viewers and listeners. And this one is coming to us from Adam. And this is Bapcor. He's given us some context. He says, like Rudy, he considers himself a longer term investor. And he's both a longer term holder of GUD and Bapcor. He likes to look at dividends first and hopefully some growth. 
that he questions with the gradual uptake of electric vehicles. He's considering offloading at least one of the two, but both are quite different in their offerings. So after the teams, uh, after you know your、mm. thoughts about these two different companies. So yeah, would you agree first of all with the premise that you don't need to own necessarily Batcor and GUD?、Um, you can question both because essentially the same thematic is there. I, I、yeah. question when someone says I'm a long-term investor. Surely,、uh, my first question would be, well, don't you want your companies that you own have a long-term prospective outlook? Instead of having a lot of question marks、uh, coming down the road, I mean the, the big question mark—they're、um, they're, they're pretty similar in in in, in the way that、mm-hmm. they are both leveraged to ICE companies.、Uh, that's the new term now. That's、uh, the old diesel internal、guzzle. combustion yes, engines. Look at me, di- diesel、yeah. guzzlers and 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 and, and petroleum. Uh, um, and so we we are basically moving into the era of electric vehicles, which at the moment. Is slowing down that take up. We all see that in in share prices of the lithium、uh, stocks, but it's coming nevertheless. And I think it's only fair to say that the uptake of of electric vehicles is probably going to accelerate and is probably going to surprise all the forecasts in the medium to longer term, not in the short term, but necessarily. Both Babcor and GUD Holdings don't yet have an answer to that, and it's open question whether they will have an answer at some stage.、Um, If you have to choose between the two, I mean, I've I've been a long-term fan from Babco since they listed, but that was before the electric vehicles were going to destroy their business case.、Uh, it's 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 on paper a very solid, reliable business model, but internally it should be clear now they have some problems internally. I mean, the CEO at one stage not that long ago was booted out under very dis- disputable circumstances.、Uh, they recently issued a profit warning. Um, that's why the share price is down, and、uh, that gives you an idea that obviously not, not everything is going to plan. So if you have to choose, GUD I think is as the better prospect short term, but they both have the same question mark,、uh, medium to longer term. So I question whether both should be held for longer term, unless you have a different definition of long term than I have. Okay, so you would choose GUD if、over、to、Babcor. answer the question over Babcor. Yeah, so Babcor selling and keeping GUD. Okay. If that if that is the, the if that's decision, the strategy. Yes. But you would still. But you, I would. You I, I would actually not, not own either.、Yes. Okay, Adam. There you go. That's one view from Rudy Philippek Van Dyke. Let's get a view from Philip Pepe. I have to agree with Rudy. Unfortunately, as much as I want to disagree, <laughs> neither really is a must-own category.、Mm. There's some major headwinds that they're each facing. It is very easy for people to defer their servicing, especially、mm. if you're going to drive less. You you part you、um, kick the can down the road. It may cost you more in 12 months' time. You might decide the second car is not required if you have a second car, etc. Yeah, Babcor、uh, Babcor has struggled. Has issued a very cautious outlook statement. It seems to be more retail focused than GUD. GUD has exposure to trucks, agriculture, mining equipment、mm-hmm. um, more so than Babcor. Seems to be more pure retail. They're both about the same level of cheapness, around 20% discount, 4% dividend yield. So. Maybe Babcor, Babcor is a fraction cheaper, but GUD is more defensive. So,、mm-hmm. if you purely on the base of defensiveness, you would choose GUD 
over Babcor, uh, Babcor, uh, but neither of Mustone, as far as I'm concerned. I, I would ditch Babcor and hang on to um, GUD if you want to pick one, noting that they both have um, both have some headwinds. I am a believer that EV penetration will increase and we'll, we'll spend more. People are finding it's actually costing more to repair um, the the cars than first thought. So they thought, as you say, on the servicing, when something goes wrong, actually cost you more. Yeah. And we still don't have the infrastructure to mm. plug and play like, like we'd hoped. So I think the EV space is growing. It just takes longer than first thought. So GUD and Babcorp will be here for another five years minimum. Oh, they're not going, yeah. But it's hard to see them growing. Mm. I think the, the viewer was looking for growth and a dividend. Mm. You're probably not going to get a lot of growth. Um, recurring revenue, yes, a lot of growth. No dividend, probably flat. Mm. Um, so neither of must own. But if you had to pick one, GUD over Babcorp based on defensiveness. Hey, Adam. Oh, not Adam. Adam's a viewer. Hey, Adam, I hope that helped you. Um, Philip, do you know a company, Maxi Parts? Truck parts. Yeah, yeah. but like commercial truck parts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we- that came to my mind. I had a conversation with um, a fund manager, portfolio manager, the other day um, from NEOS Asset Management. And, you know, they've got a pretty interesting investment thesis when it comes to maxi parts because of the aging fleet uh, of the commercial trucks here in Australia. Fleet is aging. Uh, We like transport and logistics, uh, especially domestic. Um, So uh, I cover Lindsay Australia, food, transport. we're always going to demand food, right? So we aren't going to stop eating from Coles and Woolies. So our truck fleet, demand for our truck fleet should uh, continue to be solid. Um, and therefore the truck parts, um, wear and tear replacement is more sustainable, more steady revenue than say retail um, servicing on your car. Because if you're a commercial truck driver, um, not, not just to service your clients, but drive safety, you're not going to skip out on servicing and replacing things when things go wrong. So certainly a lot more defense. Well, I don't have the stats here in terms of how cheap or expensive it is, but it purely on defensiveness and more steady growth, mm-hmm. uh, reliable growth, absolutely truck okay. parts over There's all also, also the, probably the, when EVs get into trucks, it's probably going to be later on, yeah. you know, further out, and that's why you have more time in, 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 well, in trucks. Battery storage is nowhere near ready. Yes, there's, exactly. Maybe we get hydrogen in trucks, but exactly. you think EV trucks but are... Having said so, name escapes me now, but there's another company that uh, is a market leader in, in locally, it's actually better played than Maxi Trends. Maxi Trends is sort of a comeback kit here. There's another one which name now escapes me, but has been quite well, good performer as well. I know it too. It's on the exactly. tip of my tongue. Exactly. It'll come to us, don't that worry. One. That one. Okay. Um, well, Adam, there you go. There's a discussion for you to um, digest and and do your own research. Get advice if you need it. This is information only. This is not financial advice for your personal circumstances. Just everyone keep that in mind throughout the program. All right, Greg, Qantas is the third stock on the list. Oh, what can we say about Qantas? What a year it's been for Qantas. It will go down as uh, very, um, very historic. Uh, What do you think, Philip? Are we still going to be spending on travel? Are there enough rich, older Australians, or at least homeowners (laughs) that will continue to be able to spend on travel. Uh, Sample of two, we're both taking a trip in January, so yes. Look, we we are bullish travel. Um, For those who, for for a lot of people, travel is non-discretionary. Our view, my view is that while we're stuck at home in lockdown, we were buying stuff 
things when our buying experiences, you know, you only live once kind of thing. Uh, travel in terms of volume, in terms of if you look at the Australian Bureau of Statistics travel stats, we are not yet back to pre-COVID levels of international travel. We're getting there, but we're still below. Um, pricing is starting to come down as capacity comes back on. Capacity is still below 2019 levels. As that get back to norm, gets back to normal, more people will travel. Who's traveling? Over 55s, over 60s, they're cashed up, no debt, no kids at school, interest rate rises, or a pay rise. Uh, those without a mortgage who might be renting, who can can, can afford to pay their rent. Um, you know, someone gave me the anecdote the other day, sample of one, can't afford to buy a house, so stuff it, I'm going on a holiday. So we actually think holidays are part of the sanity check. If you're, um, you know, you can take a short trip to New Zealand, to Bali, you can take a more expensive trip, but if you're not going to cut travel first up, um, you, you'll take it from elsewhere. So we like the travel space. Qantas is very cheap. It's on about um, 2.8 times EV to E, but uh, analysts generally have it as a buy. There's a lot of upside. It has come a major CapEx upgrade. Joycey didn't spend on the planes mm-hmm. when he was in charge. It's easy to get massive profits when the government's allegedly keeping our competition and you haven't spent on your planes. Mm-hmm. That's now coming home to roost and they've had major, major, major PR yep. backlash and yep. you know, flights cancelled. So as a guess, if you can avoid flying Qantas, some people might because of the experience. Nothing wrong with mm-hmm. the, you know, the planes, but if you get cancelled and stuck in an airport, you might fly Virgin or somewhere else next time around. Um, I'm going to call it a hold. It looks cheap. We like the space. Others internally think it's a buy. For mm. me, the whole PR, it's like, can you push Optus as a buy at the moment if it was pure play? Yeah. Yeah. Telstra must be milking it. So non-Qantas, yeah. uh, any yeah. discretionary spend that can be moved away from Qantas in the near term, I think actually that's exactly what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So it is a longer term buy in the near term. Let's wait and see what happens with the capex. So it's it's a hold at best for me, but it is cheap. I agree with Philip. I would say that uh, the previous CEO has, has left a shit sandwich for the for the current one, and and I think that's probably one of the reasons why the market is waiting to see what's going to happen. Um, the other two objections I have is they they've obviously obviously screwed over their staff, and they subsequently screwed over their their, their travelers. Um, great company, you would say. If you want to, if you want to make profits in the short term, I personally would would not go anywhere near a company like that because you don't know how, but it is it is going to have a backlash somehow. Um, I'm actually taking a different view. I the indications are that we, yes, that we we globally continue traveling and we are intent of keeping traveling. Another section of the society that is traveling is are the youngsters. Both my two sons are. Uh, about to be overseas or already overseas, and, and I know a few other kids, and they're overseas as well. So they, they travel. I mean, they're in their 20s and they travel. I would go for the pick and shovel providers, the gold miners. I mean, you're a big fan of, uh, of, uh, of traveling. Hello World, Webjet, yeah. corporate travel. I mean, go for those guys. I mean, why do you go for a company that is so, so being in such a dire You noticed Flight Center was not on that list? No, Flight Center, I think, still has, has more question marks. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I would also think that Hello World has more question marks, but that's that's why we have Philip here. Mm, <laughs> um, you do love Hello World, don't you? So I would I, I would I would I would go for the for the for the for the companies that come with with, a, with much less of a stench, and a, and a much more diversified business model, which doesn't have the the, the risk of capacity and all of that because they just sell the tickets essentially. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they are in, 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 in many cases they are increasing market share. Who would have thought we'd be saying stench in relation to Qantas <laughs> a while ago? <laughs> so that's an avoid or a sell for you. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to call bonus buys hello world in the travel Absolutely. sector. Yeah, travel agent. What Rudy said, you get the exposure to the travel space without the vagaries of capex and oil prices yeah. and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Let's find out who has requested this. It is for Sven, who says PWR, PWRH, PWR Holdings, has gone up 18% since reporting. So what are the thoughts? So PWR is advanced cooling technology. So it's very specialized manufacturing and it services defense, aerospace. Um, it's one of those companies, I suppose, that we love to love, <laughs> you know, because it's something that we do here and we're doing it well and we're exporting it. Um, but uh, when it comes to a long-term investment and also the price valuation, what do you make of it, Rudy? No, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to say you ha- you can have this in your portfolio on the, on the same basis as you as, as you would view a, a ProMedicus or Technology One or one of the other great growth companies we have. The, the, the advantages here are this is more of a small cap still. Um, it is not as highly valued as, as uh, some of the others, uh, in particular, when you compare it to the likes of uh, ProMedicus. And it basically has the same dynamics. I mean, it's doing very well uh, what it's supposed to do. It's, it's now expanding into the, the, the aerospace section. And um, you just have to take the view that uh, management keeps doing what it's doing, and, and, and then things will take care of itself. And is it volatile? Yes, it's small cap. Um, well, so you do, you're not usually that inclined towards small caps. Depends. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are I'm having some, a positive influence on it. Some, <laughs> some small. I mean, you, you can argue whether. I mean, I mean, um, when I when I first added technology one to my portfolio, that was a small cap. Mm-hmm. Now it's a mid cap. Yeah? So the good ones become a mid cap and ultimately a large cap. And um, and this one has the potential of of, of becoming a lot larger. Uh, well, so, I, so you don't, by definition, against small caps, you just have to realize that small caps can more easily grow than large caps, theoretically, but they also e- more easily fall off mm-hmm. the pedestal. So the price targets that I've got in front of me from FN Arena, mm. anything from $10 for UBS, which is neutral, so that's below where it's trading today, up to $11.90 by Morgan's. Which, which so are. today, for the purpose of this program, mm-hmm. is... Is um, yeah, you buy it. It's a buy. So yeah. PWR performance products are buy. buy. PWR and you don't, and, 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 and you, and you don't panic if the share price goes down. Yeah, this is a, taking a longer term view. Philip, I'm going to call it a hold. I mean, it's interesting stock. It's fair value according to the analyst price mm-hmm. targets. It's on 33 times PE, about 15% random EBIT mm-hmm. growth over the next year. So certainly above market growth. Mm-hmm twice the market PE. Um, interesting that it's ex- got half of its exposure is to motorsports, you know, so you know, mm-hmm. we always go motorsports and about 22% in OEMs and then uh, another 15 aftermarket and then aerospace. So it's very well diversified compared to the earlier auto companies we discussed, cooling mm. products. So it's certainly, it's certainly a safer investment um, and an interesting investment. Uh, it's a good bottom draw. This stock. one actually has a technologi- technological yeah. advantage. Yeah. Yeah. The other ones are just sellers of, 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 of parts, basically. Correct. So to the extent that valuation matters, it seems to be fair value. That's not mm. a reason to sell it, so I'll call it a hold. But I mean, I think it's off about 5 6% today. 
you know, I'd be looking for an opportunity to buy, mm. but you might get it a bit cheaper if there's a slip up. But certainly it looks like a decent business with solid growth forecast over the next two years. A bit like our friends, the technology one, yeah. that's now in the share price. So mm. will the share price outperform? Well, they were, they were pulled again in February. So, yeah, and that's I'll, I'll why. wait till February. And we go into, uh, we go into December, center year rally, you might not get it cheaper. Buy when the next season of Drive to Survive starts. You buy when the next, when the next pullback is, but you may not when get it. When does the next season of Drive to Survive start? <laughs> I've been blocking out any Formula One headlines because I do like to be surprised when I watch the show, and I'm really not that much of a diehard. I'm totally jumping the bandwagon on that one. But anyway. They should hire Max Verstappen as, uh, as the ambassador. As the, the yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know if that'd make me buy anything. Anywho. On to the next. What is next on the list and who is it from Seek? So this is from Sabur, who would like mm. to seek the panel's thoughts on Seek. Clever. Okay, so um, what do we make of it? Uh, technology tied to economic fortunes, uh, had a foray overseas, still you know, trying to milk that and get that all running tickety-boo. I've actually lost track of what its share price has been doing as of late, which is what I'm trying to do here while my computer thinks. Um, Philip, Seek. It's an interesting one because it's certainly cheap. It's on about 11 times two-year forward, um, call it EBITDA. It's about 40% below its historical average. It's had a nice little pop. Arguably, it's in some some analysts' fair value view, some it's cheap. It depends on your outlook. So did recently reiterate its guidance for FY24. It's sticking to its guidance, yeah. which is good for FY24. So... Uh, do we stay fully employment? Do we go into a recession? What happens to the, I think, because I think volumes are down, they've been able mm-hmm. to put pricing up. I would be cautious on this one because of the outlook some people have on the economy. I'm in the soft landing space. Clearly at full employment, you know, conditions can only get worse for them, I would have thought, at least for a 12 month view. So fewer job ads, fewer capacity or propensity to pay. Um, it's, I think it's in consensus. I just think you don't need to rush out and own this stock. Mm. It certainly looks cheap on a valuation basis relative to its own history. Again, I would wait for one or two more results on this one to see what is um, a new base for the level of earnings. I don't think you need to own it at this price, but it, it is you know can be a good long term buy. So because of the outlook on for the outlook on employment, which most economists are predicting an interest rate cut because unemployment will raise at some stage. I think that's not so positive for Seek, so I'm going to call it a hold until we at least see the February results. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you guys are both dropping February, <laughs> name dropping February a lot, of course. Uh, reporting season, I guess I'll put my mind to that sometime before Christmas. Um, but Seek, uh, does Seek control its costs? Is it still investing heavily? Is that a lever that Seek could pull? Yes. If, yes, yeah. yes, to all of you. Okay. So I'm very happy that I'm. I have access to all those analysts who cover the stock because it's actually quite impressive. And it also shows me on occasion, um, similar as for example with REA Corp, is why a decline in listings does not necessarily by default spell bad news. Um, I made that mistake earlier with, with REA Group as well. Um, that you think like, oh, the housing market's gonna fall in the heap, sell REA, <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb. Anyway, uh, I do own REA these days, uh, not yet seek, I've owned in the past. The difference is that Seek is more vulnerable because Seek is not a market leader in the same respect as Car Group is and as REA Group is. So they, they have to defend their, their, their turf much more and they need to make 
quite large investments on occasion. So, so the, the underlying business is, is more volatile, mm -hmm. but it's essentially the same dynamic. It's, it's a platform, the, it, it has excellent management, they constantly uh, innovate and invest. And, and for example, in this case, the market is positioned for an 18% drop in listings, yeah, which is a lot. If this was a small cap, I mean, you, you, could, you could carry it off and go into the backyard with it. Um, it actually has, has, has bounced off its lows. What's hold back the market here is that on their own indices, the market is still in the bear market, basically. You, you get a decline of listings. Yet the business is doing relatively okay because they control their costs, they can pull back on investments, and, and they, keep, they keep their profits going and their dividends. From the moment that the market turns, I think this, this share price is going to start flying. And that's why I think, contrary to, uh, to, uh, to Philip, I think you, you buy when, when, when the market is still very hesitant and, and waiting for what is yet to come. And when, because as often shown this year, it's not about chasing momentum. You have to be in the stock because it moves before you know it. You know what I mean? And we've seen that with, 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 with technology stocks that have pulled back recently and then all of a sudden they, they rally away from you. So you want to be in that stock when, when the rally comes. So I think you can buy today. Rudy's being much more generous than you today, Philip. Not saying <laughs> no, anything, no. but no, no. interesting to know. I woke up in a bad mood. <laughs> All right, we are doing our best to give you a view. Of course, it's not the only view. So again, you can do your own research or get advice if you need it. So let me just wrap up what we've learned so far today. It's been fun so far. Okay, stock of the day. Technology One. It's one of Rudy's favorite stocks on the um, on the market. But what he, you're seeing today in its share price depreciation is profit taking because the result came in as expected. No big surprises to the upside or downside, and it's a pretty strong company. So it is a hold. It's a hold for Philip as well. He, um, you know, said it's a classic example of analysts upgrading into a result. So you're seeing some profit taking come through today. BAPCOR GUD, we'll do these ones together because it was a little bit of a compare and contrast question. So um, when it comes to these two, Philip says neither is a must own. He would hold GUD above BAPCOR though, if that is what you want to do, because GUD is more defensive. Even though BAPCOR looks like it's cheaper, he would favor GUD, but it's a hold. And same sort of goes for Rudy. He says that he would sell BAPCOR he would uh, choose GUD over BAPCOR, but it's a hold at best. He doesn't actually reckon that this is where you're going to get a lot of upside in the years to come because they're both facing headwinds, the same headwinds, part of which is EVs, but the, he just doesn't see it as a big growth leader. I think that's fair assessment. Okay, Qantas, it's an avoid, it's a sell for Rudy. Um, yeah, he said there's a stench around it right now. It's a hold for Philip because he does say that it is cheap and he is bullish on travel, but he would be buying Hello World in the travel space. PWR Holdings, it's a small cap and it's a buy for Rudy. You heard why. It's a hold for Philip. He says it's interesting, but you might be able to get it cheaper. It is one of those bottom drawer stocks in his view. And Seek, you've just heard why, but it's a buy and a hold. The buy coming from Rudy Philippek Van Dyke. Look, investment committee, we'll just do this quickly because we do it every day. Um, but what you can do is take a little look here. There weren't huge changes made last time. We saw 1% trim from MA Financial added to Challenger. 
up by 10, just around 10% on a cumulative return basis since March 1st, 2022. Look, we're gearing up for the next edition of the Investment Committee. And we have had a number of double buys uh, through the past month, some sells as well. So there will be quite a bit for the team to consider and they're all coming into the studio. So it should be quite lively. So please do keep sending us those requests and we'll keep putting them to our expert guests. Okay, speaking of expert guests, have you ever wondered about the secret to success in stock picking. Well, of course you have, or you wouldn't be watching this, right? So join stock doctor equity analyst, Daniel Ortiz. We just had him on the call yesterday, if you recall, and the co-founder of stock doctor, Tim Lincoln, as they lift the lid on the rigorous processes and filters that they use to pick stocks and power returns. So some of these secrets have led to the stock doctor funds uh, yielding 17.3% per annum and since inception, so that's a lot. Uh, so uh, this is another free virtual investor event that we're helping them put together. Um, so look, don't miss this opportunity to ask Daniel and his colleague questions on how they pick their stocks. Free to register, as I mentioned, you just have to head to osbiz.co forward slash stock doctor. And it's one word, it's there at the bottom of your screen. Okay, coming up now, Medibank Private, Elders, Philip, I'm looking at you, Altium, EQ Resources, and Karoon Energy just did a cap raise to buy some assets in the US Gulf of Mexico. So plenty to talk about here. Let's though begin with Medibank Private. This is for Dave, and I don't know if he already owns it or if he's considering or what his plan is. So Philip, maybe give us your analysis of Medibank. We, we like the insurers, um, prefer the life insurers and the general insurers. Health insurance is interesting because part of it is compulsory, non-discretionary, so they have some pricing power and Medibank has certainly proven that. Part of it is discretionary where people can tinker with their levels of cover and people can claim more before they cancel and move on. They gave a pretty good trade uh, AGM trading update recently where volumes uh, for the first four months were up solidly. I think it was um, three to 4% uh, is their guidance for the year with premium growth of 10%. So premium's gone up, so very solid. They've obviously had the PR issues of recent past. So if, if you know they are one of the cheapest in the market, you might think twice about joining them. But for me, the concern is costs. They didn't really talk about costs. so. Anything outside of hospital cover, you have it because you need it. So optical, physio, et cetera, you have it because you need it. Um, and if you didn't need it, boy, you're gonna cancel that when the renewal comes through because cost of living has gone up. And in the meantime, you'll claim everything, you'll get every checkup you can before 31 December. So the risk is that they may see a spike in claims and then a spike in cancellations or reductions in cover come 1 April when the price rises come through. So I'm cautious. Uh, a lot of that is in the price. It's not particularly expensive. Um, but I almost own an NIB ahead of this because it just doesn't have the, what was the word, the stench? What was the? That was the stench. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bit like Qantas, how we many can people just, were switched? We could just say a smell. The smell, the issues, the PR issues. Uh, <laughs> let's call it the, the Optus uh, Medibank issue. So for me, I'm very cautious regarding what may happen with their expenses in the next six mm. months um, mm. and what happens to their renewal rate as people get their sticker shop premium increase and realize, do I need physio, do I need optical? Mm -hmm. My kids are now 18, they can fend for themselves, that kind of stuff. So I'm cautious regarding health insurance in general. So I'm going to call Medibank a hold. It's not a must own. 
revenue growth strong. Let's see what the expense growth is again, February. Um, but I would be cautious that I would call this one uh, a hold. Did, are you still paying your, your kids um, medical premiums? No, never did. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's making them self, self-sufficient. <laughs> Teaching them independence from a young age, I like it. I never paid their telephone bills either. Uh, um, did you buy them a car? No. No? No. No, I never got a car either. No. Um, and I, de- and I, and I, and I definitely <laughs> didn't give her a deposit for a house. You gave them love. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of a slightly different view than Philip, but in, in general terms, I think this is this is an ideal defensive. Uh, well, I mean, your portfolio can't, just like you put together a football team on the field, they can't all be there to score goals. You need some of them in the midfield and you need some of the players playing defense so that the rest, the, the opposite party doesn't score goals. Um, so you need a goalie and defenders. This is your typical goalie or defender. Uh, the part in the, in the, apart from having a cyber event, um, history since listing has proven they are a relatively solid performer. It's never spectacular, but it's also never spectacular to the downside. Uh, what you sometimes see in the share price is simply the market being volatile. Business-wise, uh, it has been quite, quite reliable chugging along um, they both service the higher end as, as well as the lower end for, of, from the market so they do get the youngsters as well i think this is a solid defensive in your portfolio um, you can you can obviously you can you can opt for other ones but um, i think this is a hold as well and you can keep this for it's a relatively um, resilient defensive what's the yield like on this from memory, probably four percent, I think, mm-hmm. um, if not yeah. a little bit higher. I have it. I have it at four point one. Well, okay. there you go. <laughs> almost, so almost bullseye. <laughs> All right, let's get to the bullseye with elders. Uh, Philip can help himself. He's already name dropped elders, um, uh, but I did have the pleasure of speaking with him earlier this week, which would be yesterday, actually. <laughs> you got a preview on, on this stock in particular. So, give us for this audience your. Um, and analysis of elders in the wake of that update. Elevator pitch. Elevator pitch. Uh, analysts were just too pessimistic mm. coming into the ag stock reporting season. So a lot of the agriculture stocks, because winter's important, they report either September or March mm-hmm. year end. So a lot of them reported last week. There was so much negativity going into the results about there's a, um, there's a drought coming, the cattle price mm. is never going to recover. Um, all that proved to be complete nonsense in terms of too much pessimism mm. priced into many ag stocks not just elders and i think results week the worst performer was up five percent the best performer elders was up 20 percent because unlike it's the opposite of t e where everyone was expecting a good result there's so much negativity priced mm. in the short position on elders was at one stage nine percent of the company it was the mm. second most shorted stock on the asx with over 10 million shares short there was no bad news and now the shorts are covering and and the cattle price is recovering and we get a crop report, um, ABS crop report in early December, which is probably not going to forecast a drought for next year because they're currently not forecasting a drought. Hmm. So as the Australian market comes to realise that we're not heading into a drought, materials raining outside, hmm. for example, today, as we're not heading into it, you know, just to extrapolate that, <laughs> as we're not heading into a drought into winter next winter and the cattle price will recover, I think a lot of these ag stocks will continue to re-rate and Elders is one of the cheapest. So just based on too much hmm. pessimism and a better outlook than what analysts are currently hmm. forecasting, 
I think it's a buy. Um, the, the hurdle, mm. the, the expectations are so low that they should be able to beat um, what analysts are currently forecasting and get the re-rate. So for me, it's a buy. It sounds more like a stairs pitch than an elevator pitch. Oh, no, well, you know. <laughs> Build the foundation, build a house. The opposite, the opposite view is that um, I, had, I had a few subscribers, I had a few people on, on Twitter. They owned this stock in the previous two years and they're probably now crying in their handkerchief. Um, that's commodities. I mean, uh, my, my gripe with, with those small cap agricultural stocks, and they're all small cap, by the way, is that cycles are so short and they turn so quickly um, that um, to, to Philip's um, point, um, you, you probably want to get on board when they're down and you don't just ch chase them when momentum is positive because you see how quickly that turns and uh, losing half your money is, is easily done. You just sit there and it just happens. Um, so the only thing going for them now is that the share price is a lot lower, even though they went up by 20%, it's still a lot, lot lower than where it was. Um, but I'm simply not a big fan of, because I actually think we will, we will be surprised by a drier than usual season. But hey, that's me, I'm not, I'm not the weatherman. Um, and, and for me, that's also outside the control of, 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 of the business. I know that management is quite confident that they can compensate for it, if it happens, because they are probably the most diversified company we have in that sector. Um, but um, I, like, I like to own companies that have as many things under control as possible. And, and the weather is definitely not under control of, of elders. Um, so I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of, of small cap agriculture. Um, can you, uh, like, so that would be a hold or a sell? You just don't want to be in it. I just don't want to be in it. Does okay. that count as well? Yep, we'll and, call that an avoid. And, but and I I'm not interested. Yeah, okay. Uh, I've, we've also got another little maybe, thing maybe going it's in on the name. here. Maybe it's in the name, Go Elders. Well, I don't know what you're talking about now, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but we've got this other thing happening, not, not a need to own. So is Elders, we know what you think, is Elders a need to own? Like, Do you have to have, to his point, do you have to have a cyclical agri-commodity in your portfolio? It's actually lowly correlated with the share market. And at the moment it's paying a 7% plus dividend yield, partially franked. So if you consider risk return, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you can't just own all tech stocks. Um, how, about, how about rural funds? That's the funds manager. Yeah, but yeah. same sector. Would you, would you prefer elders over rural funds? You're then, it's a bit like, would you invest in a fund manager versus direct equities? Yeah. And most people would say direct equities if you can get access to it. So okay. I would rather pick the, the, okay. um, the management team. And again, it depends on valuation, but yeah. in this case, I would say elders. Okay. Yeah. Or you're just throwing that um, out there. I'm, I'm, I'm not there. <laughs> Trisha, thank you for inspiring that conversation. Um, a good one at that. Let's get to Altium, A-L-U, picked by Shalom. Don't know if Shalom owns it or what. What do you think of Altium and, and where it goes from here? Well, see, that's the complete opposite as, as what we, we, we just discussed. Uh, to me, there's a very strong correlation between Technology One, Seek, Altium, and what was the other stock we have? I mean, we actually have some of the better mm -hmm, yeah. stocks that we have on the stock exchange. Um, to be honest, I've been a little bit hesitant in, at some points in the past about Altium. Uh, you always wonder how much market share they can keep on grabbing and, 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 and all that comes with it. But um, that strong rally again is, is partially uh, the result of an investor briefing they had with analysts. 
and and they're basically in uh, convinced the analysts. Listen, <laughs> if you had any doubts, don't don't doubt. Um, again, um, high quality growth stock. They they have been outperformed expectations. They keep on growing. They keep grabbing market share. Um, are there questions? Yes, there are. But you know what? There's there's always questions. I mean. Uh, there's questions, how, how long can Technology One keep on growing at 16%? How long can Altium uh, keep on growing? If you're a value investor, you will never own these, these shares. It's that simple. They never trade on single PEs and single digit PEs. And if they do, they are in really big trouble. Hence, for example, Epic. Yeah? That's completely opposite. And, and, and when they're doing single digit PEs, that's when you don't want to own them. Um, would I chase Altium here? No, um, but in a similar vein, is I mean, I own Wisetech uh, Global as an alternative. I, I had more confidence. I have more confidence in Wisetech, but that's maybe that's a personal uh, note. Um, you have to make choices. You can't own them, them all. Yeah. And I would definitely, uh, if you are if you are a growth investor, you should have stocks like Wisetech Zero uh, and and and. Um, Altium on your, on your radar, and it's not as simple as at what at what point do you buy them? You buy them when you're comfortable, and if they pull back, and at some stage they will pull back, that that's when you that's when you get started interested. Um, when they rally, you enjoy the rally. Uh, one of the ways to get to get to get involved is by starting to nibble, and don't take a full allocation and just gradually uh, add through smaller purchases. Mm-hmm. Because if it goes up, you're making gains. If it comes down, there's an opportunity to buy more. So highest price target that I can see listed is $50, lowest $40, $40, $40, $60, something like that. So would you buy it today? I wouldn't chase it today, but I would definitely keep it on my radar. And okay. for the for the compartment of growth stocks that you have in your portfolio. Okay. Philip, Altium. Look, it is a great long-term own long-term buy. It's great that they give medium-term guidance. FY26 revenue of US 500 mil plus 40% EBITDA margins. That's exactly the kind of company you want to invest in. Think yeah. long-term. But I'm going to distinguish between a great company and a great investment. And mm. at the current multiple of 37 times PE, it's above almost everyone's price target. It's basically fair value, well covered. So basically fair value with almost zero dividend yield. The chart you put up suggests it's only been at this level twice in its history. Um, this could be another technology one where people know the good news, they flag the good news, we get to the result, and just as they said, and it comes to profit taking. So I'm going to call it a sell. Uh, I'm purely Ooh. nothing but valuation, given that all the good news yeah, which yeah. they flagged is in the price. Mm. Can they beat expectations? Mm. Probably, but by a little bit. Mm. Um, so great company, great investment. Not at forty-five bucks. I, I would wait for a potential. But, but, but Phil, yeah. bond deals are coming down next year. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll believe that when I say it. If bond yields are going down, are I, I change. Down I, I retract my statement. It's a okay. buy, but I, I'm going to call it a sell based only on valuation. Yeah, yeah. Valuation mm. managed, man, yeah. man, matters to some, yeah, yeah. not all. Mm. I like valuations. So for me, this is another TNE in the making where everyone's expecting a good result. Therefore, it'll disappoint. Yeah, uh, but you perhaps. didn't put a sell on TNE. 
You didn't say cell technology. We cover TNE at Shoring Partners, and yes. the house view is hold. So okay. I'm oh, backing my oh. analyst on that. Okay, luckily I'm, I'm, luckily I'm not yeah, bound. Yeah. It's <laughs> getting interesting. Okay, so it's a sell from Philip for LTM. Okay, let's get to number nine on the list, and that is EQ Resources, EQR, and this is for Alicia. Um, I feel like I should go to my friend Philip first. Um, so they've got an asset in North Queensland and it's for tungsten. Um, so what do you think? 100 mil market cap, cash burning, non-profitable. Don't look at the daily volumes. Mining stock, trades by appointment. They've just yeah. signed a long-term off-take agreement with a major partner in Asia. It's, it's got to be in your portfolio, surely, right <laughs> alongside. It's a diversifier yes. for TD. To, to, to get um, to, to, that weight on the other end. We're going to start coining our own phrases. It, you don't need to own this stock. It's, no. it's a sell. Um, yeah. It's just too small. It's Bond yields are not going down in the short term, in my humble opinion. Uh, this may continue to burn cash. Yeah, yeah they've just signed a, a good offtake agreement. They'll get some revenue in the door. That's the good news that's happened. Share price is where it is. It was a good reaction. Uh, if you're able to profit from that little bounce, if you can get out, I would take the money and run and uh, put your money into elders. Yeah, okay, there you go. Ready? Mm. Yeah, why? Why? Simply why? Trading volumes on the, on the market are very, very low. Um, I mean, I don't have any insights in the tungsten market, but I do know that this is a, this is a mini and, 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 and maybe if you have a $500 to speculate on something, maybe you can do things like this, but any serious investor with serious money would, would just draw a ball around this because it's lob support. I mean, you put money in, share price goes up, you think you're a genius, uh, you, put your money, you pull your money out, you might, you might take three months to get your money out. Yeah. And then and by that time, you have annihilated the share price. So if this is a great story, at some stage, it will have more volume, it will have a bigger business, and it will have uh, more substance to it. And then you can get on board. Um, in this stage, nah. Thank you, guys. That's EQ Resources, Alicia. There you go. A bit of a cautionary tale uh, from these two. Let's get to Kroon Energy. We've got just enough time. It's a tenth stock. This is for Ethan. So there has been news flow. A, it raised capital to buy these assets in the Gulf of Mexico. I actually spoke with Julian Fowles last week on that very topic. So he's confident they can uh, walk and chew gum at the same time with their assets in Brazil producing. They're expecting it to be all positive. There's a little bit of um, a kerfuffle on Twitter, wondering why there was a bit of... Um, share price uh, activity, you know, pre the announcement of this, mm. uh, of this, um, you know, cap raise being announced, but we'll leave that to one side because it is one of the only producing oil companies on the ASX. And uh, I think we've talked in the past about the fact yeah. that management has got the act together. Yeah. Um, you know, is, is this a good move for Karoon? Does it improve its prospects going forward? It certainly gives it more scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and from you know, an, an industrial analyst point of view looking in, uh, seems to have been uh, sensible. The share price reaction probably reflects two things, the discount in the raise, and, and this is all my years of analytical experience uh, capsulated into one summary. Oil price down, <laughs> Karoon share price down. Ta-da. Yeah. So oil price down 15%, Karoon down. Yeah. I wish it was more complex than that. It's not. No, no. So the question then becomes, what does the oil price do from here? It's gone from 100 bucks US a barrel to 80 bucks US a barrel. I'm, I'm no expert, but I have seen 
oil and coal um, rally into the Northern Hemisphere winter because that's when there's more demand. So if you believe that uh, the oil price will track back towards 100 and some of our view internally is that it might do that, at this price, I think it's also in the um, the retail placement period as well at, at um, $2.05. Mm. It's a screaming buy, uh, depending on the oil price getting back from 80 bucks to 100 bucks. And I have some sympathy for that view because mm. we saw this time last year, um, coking coal at 400 bucks a ton as we went through the US winter. So, and, you know, I do have some sympathy for the view that the fuel stocks go up during our summer. In which case, Karun is a buy. Uh, if, if you're like me and you can't predict the oil price and just assume 80 bucks a spot, then it's a hole. So the answer is depends on the oil price view. I'm going to err on the side of it's probably going to go up into the next six months. So I'm mm. going to call Karuna a buy. <clears throat> Preface said I'm basically calling the oil price a buy. Yeah. So, yes. Well, we do have OPEC Plus meeting in the coming weeks. Mm. Um, they are determined <clears throat> to um, you know put a floor under the price of oil. Longer term, though, I mean, it is something that we're moving away from. Yes, but, but you can get that situation where you get a period of, of sustained. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at these brokers. They're all pretty positive. I mean, one of them, yes, what but, is it, City? It's 65% um, before it reaches its price target. Mm. It's huge. There's two things. There's two things. The oil price, yes, um, and I'm less positive than, than Philip is. I think the the saving grace for oil here is that we have OPEC in in, in control, yeah. sort of. So we will constantly see OPEC uh, withholding supply if it goes too low. So it's a bit it, of a backstop. It won't go too much lower, but I still think we have we have a week, six to nine months ahead of us in terms of economic growth. And all else being equal, history shows that that always has an impact on on, on oil. I mean, it's that simple. Um, the reason why you might still like Karun is there's two elements to, to it to an investment in commodity producers. Some of them can compensate for that by, by increasing their, their volume mm-hmm. and their output. And Karun is one of them. That's why they're acquiring assets. So they basically are going to increase their volume. Yeah. You have to take a little bit of a longer term view, but um, assuming that the oil price, even if it stays stable, then the share price should ultimately become higher because they are putting out more oil and getting getting more, more mm-hmm. for it. And they are profitable now, which they weren't up to two years ago. So from that perspective, you can own them. Uh, but needless to say, I'm not a big fan. I'm they, feeling a hold coming on. They have no control. Oh, if you want, if, the thing is, if you want to add energy mm-hmm. to your portfolio, don't do Woodside. I think Woodside actually is potentially in trouble here. And Santos has been in trouble for like 18 months or so. The share price doesn't go anywhere. Um, so if you want to have exposure to, uh, to energy, this is probably at this point in time one of the better options you have. Risk reward weighted on the stock exchange. So from that perspective, by all means go your hardest, but you won't find me on the register next to you. So this is the no, no need to own category for Rudy as well. Pray tell. Why did you want to talk about Cooper Energy today? Oh, no, it was just um, okay. All right. having a go at Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> it was the worst performing stock at the time when, uh, when the EMO came out. But again, that's been sold off because of the oil price. So I much, much prefer Karun. Oil. Uh, absolutely. Oil. Oil. Oil's, you need to have some oil. You need to have some gold in any diversified portfolio. You need to have oil. You might need to have some gold. Okay, we'll pick it up at a later date, boys. <laughs> Let's just learn... Uh, review what we've learned. So Medibank, it's a hold for both of our guests. Philip reminded me that I do need to book in for eyes and teeth and everything before the end of the year. Thank you. Elders, it's a solid buy. 
from Philip. And you can go back and watch uh, Monday's edition of the Small Caps to hear his full investment thesis on that one. In addition to today, of course, we do a Small Caps program, by the way, every day, 2.45, and then we post it up online after as well. Um, it, it was, Elders was a, a sell, really, for Rudy. Don't need on it. Altium. Rudy has more faith in Wise Tech, but he does recognize that this is one of the quality companies, quality growth companies on the market, um, but you just don't need to chase it today. So I guess it's a hold. It's a sell though for Philip. He says, you know, uh, you could just take some of the profits right now because all of the good news is in the price. Blasphemy. <laughs> okay. Um, and then we've got EQ Resources, which is just a, a sell, an avoid, a runaway. You know, if you've made any money, Philip says, just, you know, put that in your bank and then don't look at it again. Uh, and then we've got, um, oh, geez, what was the last one? Crew and Gas, a buy and a hold. The buy coming from Philip Pepe from Sean Partners. I hope you guys out there enjoyed this episode of The Call. I did. Rudy Philip Van Dyke, FN Arena, thank you. My pleasure. Philip Pepe, Sean Partners, thank you. Thank you. Um, stay dry out there if it's raining. Oh, yeah. This uh, drought, mm, apparently we're in for quite a lot of rain over the next few days. No, here in there's Sydney, El Nino, there's a drought coming. It's, all, <laughs> right. it's fake news. Um, guys, thank you. We'll look forward to speaking with you again. Don't forget about that uh, Lincoln Indicators Stock Doctor event that we've got coming up. I'll remind you maybe over the next week or so. And any stocks you'd like us to cover, osbiz.co forward slash call pick. Stay with us. Andrew's going to take you through the pulse next. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.